Hello and welcome to the Virtual Cafe. I'm your host, Shagulala Salami. Who have I got here with me today? My name is Kamichi Jackson. I'm an author. Uh, my most recent book is called K. Hey, my name is Kendra. And um, I have been writing for a couple of years now. It's my second book. I'm looking forward to releasing this because it's a young adult novel. And um, it was one that was entered in the Amazon Breakthrough Novel Award competition back in 2011. Did very well. I received a uh, good review from Publishers Weekly. Did nothing, <laughs> did nothing with the book uh, for five years. And now I'm putting it out full, steep, full speed ahead. And I'm very excited about what's coming up for 2017. Oh, cool. So which one's the one, sorry, because you've mentioned two books now. So is it the K.M. Kendra that had the Amazon Award? Yes, K. My Name is Kendra. Back in 2011, I entered it in the uh, Amazon Breakthrough Novel Award competition. So that's the one that's coming out now. Ah. The one that I'm promoting now. Yeah, it's really, it's a, a book I love. I guess the timing wasn't right before, but now I'm ready. So we're going to go ahead with it. Nice, and you got a nice review on, on publishers. You know, before we even start going there, I'm getting away with myself. What would you like to have today? It's a cafe, after all. I will have, let's see. I would like some french fries, of course, because you got to have french fries. <laughs> and I'll have the, I, I'm a, yeah, that's one of my weaknesses. And I would like a, a Reuben sandwich. Can you fix that for me? <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those times where, where I love to say, you Americans, you just have like funky things. What's a Reuben sandwich now, please? You know, oh I don't even, I don't even know the meat that's inside of it. I just know I like it and it, and I know you kind of like put it in a pan and it, it's really, really good. I had a feeling when I said it that you might not know what it was. <laughs> but it's really, really good. Though. Because the other day someone goes, can I have a beer claw? And I'm like, what the heck is a beer claw? How am I supposed to know what that is? <laughs> I'm yeah. in London. We have regular food. We don't give things oh, funky no. names. <laughs> All right, you know what? I'll have a chicken Caesar salad instead. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but no, I'm actually quite intrigued now because you've said something quite amazing. You have a Reuben sandwich, but you don't know what's in it. We don't know the type of meat in it. What if they put I snake really meat? Don't. What if they could be snake meat? I don't know. Well, yeah, that would be kind of disgusting. I don't know. <laughs> but it's really good. Whatever they do to it, it's really good. <laughs> no, because I mean, what does it taste like? Surely you must taste something. Oh, uh, you know, I don't. I mean, is it? I don't even know what it is. But I know there's also um, cheese, which you can't go wrong with cheese. And then it's got onions, you know, got onions on it. And there might be even, there's some kind of cabbage type thing going on. I love cabbage. So you put all that together with the meat and you put it between two pieces of bread and you grill it like a grilled cheese sandwich or something like that. And it's really good. <laughs> right. Well, you know what they say, Google is your friend, right? There you so, go. Yeah. Wikipedia, apparently the Reuben sandwich is an American hot sandwich composed of corned beef, Swiss cheese, sauerkraut, whatever that is, and Russian dressing grilled between slices of rye bread. Oh, okay. I just know I love it. <laughs> it's really mm -hmm. good. Well, now I know. 
Yeah, so it's called corned beef. But I don't know what I have to Google what sow sow kraut is. <laughs> what the heck is that? Um, All I know that's that like cabbage like thing to me. I don't know what I don't. I can't even tell you what it is, but I do know it kind of reminds me of cabbage. <laughs> Interesting. That is ah so funny. yes, it's a sour sauerkraut is a finely cut cabbage that has been fermented okay. by various lactic acid bacteria. Oh mm. gracious! <laughs> <laughs> well, now now that you've broken it down for me, I will take a salad instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. That's wild. Well, well, you know, things have bacteria bacteria is everywhere, so they're not necessarily a bad thing, but you know, as long as it tastes yum, because I actually think when you said a roof and sandwich, like, you know, because I know you guys have loads of funky things in America. I was thinking, what if it was snake meat? <laughs> or what if it was I mean, what else is vile now? Or maybe it was an otter, for instance, and if she's put oh, it in gross. there. That is highly gross. <laughs> or maybe even horse meat. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> yeah, I'll pass on that. I'll take the salad and the fries. <laughs> don't worry. In my cafe, we only have good food. We don't have any funky things at all that will gross you out. Um, okay, well, so let me you. see. Right, so you want you want just a normal salad. I'm just gonna put some meat in it, and I have in my freezer that I've got. I'm going to tell you. So you know a turkey, right? So you know yeah. the. I don't know if there's another word. So normally, do you know where the turkey tail is? You know where the tail feather is, right? Yes. Okay, good. So I went to the um, butchers the other day, and I got a kilo of it, and I have it diced into nice little chunks. So I think okay. what I'm gonna have done for your for your salad. Um, I'm going to, and this again, do you know what? I, I really and truly do not know how people survived without um, microwaves, but I swear, microwave is the best thing since hookah boots. I agree. I absolutely agree. <laughs> yeah. So the other day, you know, I was trying to get the little human ready, you know, and so he was in the bathroom and I thought, you know what? I haven't really got time to then stop, you know, I wanted the meal to be ready beforehand. So I literally mm -hmm. got some of the turkey tail, put it in a ceramic bowl, put some water in it, put my spices in it, chucked it in the microwave, put it on for about five, 10 minutes. And by the time I came out, you know, sorted out all her bath time and all of those things, it was already cooked. And so all I needed to do was just put it in my deep fryer and chucked it out. So that's what I'm going to get done for you. Um, okay. To go with your nice, with your nice things. You need to have meat. And you know the thing I like about the turkey tail? It is very oily. You know, it's like, you know, because again, really, I know people say that oily meat is not good for you, or you need to have lean meat and rah 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 rah. But lean meat is boring, okay? It's tasteless, right? You need something that's got a bit of oil in it, you know, to just give you that nice extra taste in it. So that's what you will get in my cafe today. Uh, I am. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I've never had turkey tail before, so there you go. <laughs> yes, it is very, very oily. But yes, let's not let's not get distracted now. Before people who say you can't like to talk about food, oh, I'm just even salivating just thinking about it. Um, yes. Okay. So tell me again. So K for Kendra. That's a so, right. What, okay. So tell us what's the book about. So the book is about a 15 year old girl. Uh, it's actually written in first person in her voice. And it's about a 15-year-old girl who is, so she's going through some things that normal teenagers do, except she's feeling a little bit strange. Um, she doesn't know it, but she's suffering from depression, basically. 
and her need mm. is not addressed within her family or and because she feels like she's alone she becomes very vulnerable to she just wants someone to listen to her just to yes. pour her heart, heart out to and and no one will give her that except this uncle that comes into the picture his intentions are sketchy and he's mm. kind of feeds on the fact that she needs someone right there and traps her in this relationship that is not at all appropriate but it's not just about that but those are the that's what's going on and there's all these family dynamics going on around her because there is a sister that disappeared 10 years ago that no one knows if she's dead or alive she returns as well and so there's all this drama that comes out of all of this so it's it's there's humor infused in it too but it's a book that just i think a lot of families are going through some heavy things these days and this kind of addresses some of those issues. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. So was there, did you say there was some sort of abuse going, cause she's only 15. So she's really quite young. Um, so did she you say is. there was any, any abuse that went on in the, in the book? So at one point she, the uncle comes back into the picture, but he, kind of asks her not to tell the family that he's around so they begin mm. yeah it, which is weird to her but because she's so desperate for attention she's like okay with it because he also kind of plays on the fact that she's a, a future writer so he gives her a laptop um she because she doesn't have anyone to speak to he gives her an iphone you know so she's got these two electronics that kind of connect them together and yes he takes that and eventually after a couple of times of them being together he does actually begin to abuse her he rapes her the first time and um you know completely caught off guard she is but it's not necessarily surprising because she's heard some stuff about him in the family a little bit so mm -hmm. but yeah he begins to prey on her for that reason and she becomes attached to him though because he's the only one that seems to pay her any attention and she doesn't want this particular type of attention, but in order for her to still maintain, you know, this relationship and have someone talk to her, it just kind of happens. Um, yeah, so there is a little bit. It doesn't get graphic into the abuse at all because I didn't want to write that. But yes, that would be heavy reading. It, yeah, it's too heavy. But you do the first scenes. You you see you see it coming up. And then it kind mm. of, that's, and then the aftermath of that. And then after that, in passing, she'll mention, you know, I did this and so before I was able to fight my way out of the apartment this morning, this happened, and but the story goes on. So it doesn't dwell on the abuse. Right, okay. So what exactly was going on with her family that they were not paying her any attention? You know, their family, um, again, the sister that disappeared so many years ago, there's pain from that. There's pain mm. behind fact that she's been gone for 10 years and no one knows if she's dead or alive there's just the mother is working a lot she has a day job she's a social worker and then yeah. she comes home and she does this little typing job in her bedroom so she's just basically working just to keep herself a little numb the father yes. same thing then there's a couple of older brothers they've got their lives going on there's a younger sister who's 13 and you know she's 13 so she's wrapped up in her life so they're just kind of living li their lives through this pain without actually saying, you know, this is what's going on. Right. And they're just not really addressing the fact that she's not sleeping well and her grades are dropping and she just seems a little withdrawn. They're just 
caught up in their lives. Not like they don't care, but you know, they're so caught up in their own pain. Yeah. You see now that sort of just, you know, brings to light, you know, the first episode, you know, we had about, you know, child abuse, you know, where it says that um, you know, how to you know identify a child, you know, who's been abused is that you will see a change of behavior. So which is quite which is quite interesting, you know, that you've also addressed that um in, in, in your book. So out of interest, though, when you were writing the book, um, what was your inspiration? Did you do any research to try and make sure that it's as realistic as possible? Or was it based on someone's life that you know? So, you know, this was an easy book to write and a hard book to write. It was easy in the sense that the feelings of depression, I always dealt with those when I was um, younger. And around that age, I was I'm writing really my feelings as I was at 15 years old, you know, just feeling alone, feeling that no one was understanding me, feeling like I couldn't possibly be a part of this family because no one's getting me. I'm so different from the rest of them. What's wrong with me? And so when I'm writing her thoughts and her words, that's me writing what I felt at that age. And then in my relationships over the years, just with some of my girlfriends, I'm finding that this was very much the way they felt, you know? And so the inspiration is my story and things that I've heard from them as well. So it's kind of every woman's story in that sense, you know, how we were awkward at 15 and we felt so so alone and misunderstood. So yeah, the feelings of depression are real in there because that was what I was struggling with then and that has spilled over into my adulthood. I, I managed my depression, but you know, there there it is. That started back then. Yeah. Okay. So do you mind if I ask about your one or is that out of the question? You can ask me. Okay, so right, see so for a long time, right? You know, because I've never really understood um you know well i guess sort of back in the day i never really understood it right because people always usually have times of you know sadness and grief and stuff like that right and so in my head i always used to wonder like what separates someone going through a bad phase and someone who is depressed and in one of the previous episodes um i think it was felicia reavers she said that what differentiates being sad and what differentiates being um to what differentiates being sad to being depressed is that with depression, you've been sort of sad and it's not, those feeling of sadness doesn't go away and it's sort of a bit more of a long-term thing. Um, right. So is that how you would say, like, you know, this, well, I guess yours has, has been long-term, but then how did you identify that you were depressed? What happened to lead to the depression and that's the thing uh back when i was younger you know i don't think it it wasn't even diagnosed back then um Mm. because see back then people would say if you were depressed they just kind of say you're crazy and that's so not the case you know it's that prolonged sadness you know and and it wasn't that anything had happened that's the thing that i I also did not understand in myself. It wasn't that anything had happened. Um, Now I realize it was chemical imbalance, you know, the things going on like that. But there weren't things that were causing it necessarily. It just was a sadness that kind of just is, hangs over you. You can't shake it. Um, And it affects 
your life and impacts your life so much that you're not able to function all the time. And that's where like you, you lose interest in your schoolwork and you lose interest in you know, your friends and things like that. So back then you're kind of, I was on my own just trying to figure out what was going on in my own head. And then because say those around me didn't understand it, that only made it worse, you know? So then you, you fall further into depression, I think, because now you feel like no one understands me. I'm completely alone. And, you know, so, and even though things have changed a lot since then, they haven't because you're seeing kids who are still hurting themselves or killing themselves because they still have those feelings of being misunderstood. No one understands me. And, and if you don't have the treatment that you need, where does it end? You know, you just, you're in this for life, you know, unless you get the treatment that you need. Hmm, interesting. See, now what I picked out there, you know, you said was about, you know, chemical imbalance, you know, can you explain that a bit? Because that's actually the first time I'm hearing that because most of the time when you hear, or I've heard about grief and again, you know, um, about depression, and I'm not an expert at all. So, you know, for me, this is quite enlightening. And I'm hoping that, you know, people who come to our virtual cafe and, and listen in, you know, they will, they will get, um, you know, they would learn or pick something new from it. So um, most of the times when you think about depression or when I think of depression, there's usually like a root cause, maybe someone died, maybe something happened, you know, so now you've talked about chemical imbalance. I've never come across that. So what exactly, how does the chemical imbalance work? How did you identify that it was a chemical imbalance? Was it more chemical or more hormonal? Because, you know, when you're a teenager, you're, you know, sort of getting 13, 14, you know, you have all these, you know, puberty and your hormones right. are changing and things are happening. So, you know, what exactly is the chemical imbalance that you were referring to? I, you know, the only way I can describe it for myself, and hmm. let me just say, in my head, I think of it as like the inner workings of a computer. Okay. And when you have, um, no, actually, no. Let's go back and say it's more like your nervous system mm. and all these synapses that are carrying all these things across. And when there's a breakdown in that, it kind of throws everything off because things are, nerves are not working the way they're supposed to. Things aren't getting to where they're supposed to, and you've got a breakdown. And in my head, that to me is kind of like, um, what's going on? I feel like I have all this static and the synapses that are just not carrying thoughts and carrying things where they're supposed to. And so that's how I break down. Some of that to me, you know, a lot of things go back to um, what they say, you know, the chemical imbalance. Um, we're just not getting all the things that we need to, to function properly. And I don't know the science of it because that's not what I know. I just know that it affects me. The medications that they prescribe these days for people suffering, it just kind of evens out that chemical exchange so that yeah. things are working the way they're supposed to. Sorry, just hold on one second. We're getting food delivery. Hold on. Oh, okay. Hello. 
Hello. So we hey. get in a nice fancy blender smoothie maker for our virtual <laughs> cafe, you know, to make nice smoothies because I'm hoping, well, that soon yeah, enough, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm delusional that <laughs> the weather is going to get nice, but it is a virtual cafe, so I can make the weather whatever I like it to be, right? There you um, go. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. so we, we've got a nice ice lolly maker as well, um, you know, so that's, that's, that's the plan for the ca um, cafe in January, well, for the new year. Um, right. Hopefully, we'll have it all nice and set up in time for summer. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, that, that's the plan. But, yes, please, sorry, do continue. You know when the bell, doll bell goes ding dong? <laughs> <laughs> See, even the little human says it's ding dong. Ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> Too cute. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, please do continue. So like I was saying, I don't know the science of it all. I just know that it, when I finally, finally, years and years after suffering, finally got on some kind of treatment program and had vitamins and helped even out things chemically, now I'm able to manage it. So I don't know how to explain it. Like you, I'm no expert. I just know that it things are better <laughs> because yeah. those chemicals are evened out now, you know, and, and everything's running the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Okay. So was there a professional that actually said it was a chemical imbalance? That's the result. Um, that's the cause of yours. Yeah. Um, okay. When I finally went to the doctor, and I think it was more when I was on my own as an, a young adult, and I did a couple of sessions. That's where I learned things like that. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense to me now. Now that I know kind of what's going on, it's not to say that everything, all your problems go away because they don't, but it just kind of helps you, you know, be able to manage them better. So between medication and treatments and talk therapy, you're able to manage all these things. And a lot of times you just need someone just to talk to, someone to hug you and just be attentive, you know, um, to help you with all the other issues going on it'll help you maintain you know so some of the you know, simple fixes mm -hmm. yeah i was just gonna say that you know what we all need that you know because a lot of times people underestimate the importance of physical contact and hugs yep. and touches and things like that um but then i don't know if it was the last episode that i said that or if i was saying this to someone else look right people i have baby brains so, you know and i've been told <laughs> that i can get away with baby brain for the next 21 yes. years so there was me. I will use baby brain as much as I need okay. to, right? So there's there my baby brain, right? And so in case mm -hmm. I didn't say this the last time, but I'm just gonna say it again. I'm probably gonna be one of those people that says the same thing over and over, and you'd be like, "Oh my gosh, you killer! Like you said this before. Why are you saying it again?" <laughs> yep. Anywho, <laughs> apparently in some farms, and I had this somewhere a long time ago, and I don't know if it's still valid, but there are hugging machines for cows. Oh my! Because yes, right. Because the the science, quote unquote, science <laughs> behind it is that the hugging machine is supposed to make the cows feel good. You know, give them that extra touch, and that way, because they have all these happy hormones floating through their brain and in their bloodstream, they now produce more milk. That is wild. <laughs> That's <laughs> absolutely wild. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Well, you know, okay. 
So yeah, so hugging is very, very important. I agree I can, with that, yeah. I um and I can totally um see you know where where you're coming from, you know, with your book, um, because when today's world is really hectic. I mean, I, I can't speak for America, but in London, the cost of living is extremely high. Childcare is extremely high, right? So you see parents, you know, even, you know, sort of young people, let's say parents, for instance, you see that they spend a considerable amount of their time just working to make sure that they can leave exactly. a roof over their head. So by the time mm -hmm. they get back home from work, they're exhausted. I mean, they're only human. So when they get back home from work, they're exhausted. They don't even have the time for themselves, let alone to start sort of saying to the kid, you know, what's going on. And unfortunately, that's just the downside of, quote unquote, our civilized society. Um, because, again, mm -hmm. I think I read somewhere that, um, you know, that how people always say that the grass is always greener on the other side. Um, and I think, so what was it now? Hmm, I can't remember. Anywho, so there was a pilot, right? Um, I think it was, you know, mm -hmm. flying a, a, a helicopter. And he was flying over somewhere. Um, I think it was somewhere over Africa or something like that. And he saw a man who was fishing, right? And he thought to himself, oh, my God, you know what? I would really like the time to just go fishing. Right? Okay. Then the guy who was fishing looked up at the air, the guy in the helicopter and goes, oh, you know what? I would really like to go on, you know, I would really like to have that. I would really like to be able to, you know, have, you know, go on a helicopter. And so two complete extremes, everyone is desiring what the other has. And it's true. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yep. And for that reason, people get caught up in their lives trying to get, you know, what the other person has and things yeah. around them can begin to fall apart. They don't mean yes. to be neglectful of each other. Um, they don't mean to not hug each other and give affection, but it happens. And I think that's the fallout of that is, you know, people, it affects others in the family emotionally. Like it, like in the book, it just, she feels the effects of that. And so I think a lot of what happens to her in this book really could have been like headed off if people had just paid her some attention, you know? Yes. And it's, yeah. So. But then that's every. I would like to say, and I would like to think, and it's possibly not, you know, applicable. But I would like to think that that's every parent's worst nightmare because mm -hmm. you then have to find a way to balance um, providing for your family, but then mm -hmm. also being there for, you know, being there for them, you know, physically and mentally. Because at the end of the day, right, something is going to give. So if you keep on doing everything for everyone and you lose yourself, you're possibly going to find yourself just crashing and burning. Because imagine yeah. if you then had to do 12 hours a day just to make sure you have a roof over your head, the children are being looked after when they're going. To, and then you know this increasingly vain world that we're in where children just want, 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 want. You know, TV, they're always advertising, advertising, advertising. It's like, give me, exactly. give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And then if you're not providing those things for your children, it's like, oh my God, you're neglecting your child. You're not caring for your child. You're not this. And there's this, you know, big pressure on, on, on parents yeah. to do all these things, right? And so they're possibly then needing to work 12 hours, 10 hours, whatever it is, right? So when a human being has been you know, physically exhausted and then they come back home, they don't really, even if they mentally want to, their right. body is just going to crash and burn. Exactly, yeah. I mean, you can only do so much before your body will... T if you don't stop, your body will stop you. So, yes. you know... 
it's it's it is a shame that life has come to this. Um, it really is. I, I don't believe it was ever meant to be like this, but you know, it, it's really a shame to watch. And I'm not a parent, but I watch parents, and I I don't even know how they get it all done. I don't even understand, you know, how they get it all done. Not, it doesn't seem humanly possible to yeah be able to do all of the things that you all do. I don't get it. <laughs> I know, you know, you just, you just get on, you know, get on with the program and just, and just, and just, you know, deal with it. So, you know, again, Google is your friend. Google is definitely one of the best things that's happened, you know, in the modern world. So yes. hugging machine, a hug machine <laughs> is also known as a hug box. A squeeze machine or a squeeze box is a depression device designed to calm hypersensitive persons. Oh my goodness! What? <laughs> yeah, that's. I, I would never have thought. I'm, you know, I'm not. I shouldn't be surprised that such a thing exists. I just never put thought into it. Oh my goodness! Yeah, but it so, does show how I, you know. And I love to hug. I'm not one of those like touchy feely people, but I yes. do love to hug. You know, and and I just think it's important. I don't know. It's just. Just oh, it's very hug. important. It is. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't hug strangers or people that I am not close to, but then my really, really good friends, I will say to them, yeah. when you're gonna give me a hug, please do not give me a brother and sister in Christ hug. Give me a hug <laughs> with a nice squeeze in it. You know, apparently the Welsh, you know, the Welsh, they don't give hugs, they give cutches, right? And then they give you, you know, you know a nice little you know, a nice little in, in in the in the hug, and you're like, Whoa, that's just, that's just great, right? So cutches are big, you know, you just put a nice little squeeze in it and you're like Ah, you know what? Yeah, I have some girlfriends that do that, and they really give good hugs. And you're like, you really feel loved by the time they let you go. It's like, oh, yeah, she really loves me. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yes. Okay. So, um, I'm, you know, still on Google, right? So there's a Daily Mail article. So it's dailymail.co.uk. And this was released on the 21st of June, 2016. And the Ooh. title is the $35,000 hugging machine that can oh. help calm autistic, um, autism sufferers. Can you imagine that? $35,000 for a hug. Are you right? kidding me? So, I can do that I, as a job. Can, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? You know what? You know what? Let me just rem- Seriously, there was something that I saw. Where did I? I thought it, I think it was on Facebook. And there's someone who actually gets paid to give you hugs. Oh my goodness! And um, I think he charges eighty dollars per hour. Are you serious? I kid you not, right? And I was like, you know what? That sounds like an amazing job, right? And I think there was actually no. Is it? A, I think there was one who does that, and he does, you know, talk. Um, touch therapy and then there's another okay. place where it's like a, a a hugging saloon right so there's no a cuddling saloon that's it so okay that a, i've heard of yeah yeah <laughs> so there's a bed with cameras all over the place because you don't want anything inappropriate going on exactly and yeah so you just come and then you just get a nice cuddle and then they strip your arm and you just think wow okay is this what society has gone down to <laughs> that we have to pay to get hugs and cuddles and it's true, you know, and I have seen that before because I was so, so astonished when I heard about it. I'm like, this cannot be true. And yeah, it's it's a shame that there are people in their lives who, who don't have people in their lives to hug them, you know, yeah. and, to, and to touch. I think that's so sad. I really do. That is yes. wild. Yeah, so I guess you can see, you know, if adults, you know, we're willing to dish out, you know, $80, $100 to actually just have somebody 
to give us, you know, that physical touch because it's something that we're missing in our lives. Then mm -hmm. you can ima then imagine, you know, the effects that it would be having, you know, on a, on a teenager who is, you know, the their hormones are going all over the place. They don't really. They're trying to make sense of the world. Um, right. And then you now have these, you know, these sharks that are trying to take advantage of them because, you know, the parents are literally, you know, struggling to survive, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then How these, these opportunities. Yeah. yeah. You know, so you have these opportunistic sharks, these these pathogens, these viruses. This is because that, like, I literally could not think of anything else, you know, to call people like that. You know, you know, they're viruses, right? And they didn't say. You know what, this child, because your parents are so busy doing all of this, I'm going to take advantage. I'm going to give you that thing that your parents are, you know, uh, are unable to give you because they're busy trying to provide everything else for you. Um, mm -hmm. and, and stuff. And I guess, again, you know, because we don't do a lot of outdoor things, maybe that's why. Because I think when there's a lot of sunshine and you do go outdoors, maybe that could help. Um, mm -hmm. So, right. So, story-wise, you know, did she... K, right? No, no, Kendra. So K for Kendra. Kendra. Yeah. So did she have to go through the five stages of grief that she find? I mean, I'm guessing that the abuse that she had with her uncle, that possibly might have had a bit to do with her depression. Yeah, it's, the, it's because she felt so, it left her in a vulnerable place. Yeah. And, you know, and this is the kind of conversations I want to have with like the young readers of this book, because there's a reading group, a reading book guide in the back, and it's like, um, why do you think Kendra would allow this to happen, or, or, or why do you think it went on and on? And I want to hear some of the feedback from the kids, or the young adults, when they read this book, because, yeah, she went, they're going to wonder, why would you let yourself be put in a position? Because that's what they're going to, they're going to look at it that way at first. Yeah. Why would you let yourself be put in that position? You know, to let this man do this not once but twice, possibly three times. You know, why couldn't she just walk away from that relationship um, or friendship with her uncle? But yeah, it was that depression. It is was the beginning of it because, and and she wasn't thinking straight, and just the yeah. desperation to have someone love her, someone demonstrate and give that they love her and give her time. Um, it, it really kind of excuse me, began that way. Yeah. So she does go through stages. She has to go through all those stages. Some of them, by the end of the book, you know, she's not, she hasn't gone through all of them. Yeah. Um, but you, you can see how she's going to have to in order to heal. There is yeah. another person, there's another character in the book who has gone through similar things. And so that character can begin to help her heal. Um, yeah. So you see some of that language in there, but it's going to it's going to be something that she's going to deal with for years to come, you know, and okay. kind of leave it open for possibly a sequel. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, because that was what I was going to ask you next, though, because you said she's not yeah. gone through all the stages of grief yet. So to me, right. that's just classic. The book is not over yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know. And I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Like I said earlier, it was easy to write because a lot of it, um, as far as the depression was, you know, things that I dealt with, but it was hard to write because it was sad as the story unfolded because I didn't always know where the story was going. And I had to walk away yes. from it several times. So I don't know how long it'll be before I'm ready to sit down and continue her story. You know, I, oh, I have to see. Yeah, I have to see how I feel. Um, 
because it took a lot out of me <laughs> when I'm thinking of my all my own depression in those those years when I felt so misunderstood. It just it was draining, you know. So, but you're right; the story's not yet complete because she needs to go through all of the stages, and and she's gonna have setbacks in those stages, and there, you know, hmm. it's gonna it's gonna take a while. Okay. So if you were, let's say, like, okay, you're going to have to write this now on, on air now. So if you were going to write her, you know, coming to acceptance or, you know, to accept everything that's happened, you know, what, you know, how, what would you write? You know, because what I'm trying to ask is, you know, so for instance, someone's going through a similar thing and they're in the depression stage, they've not reached the acceptance stage. How would you write for that person to go from being depressed to trying to accept that, yes, what has happened has happened? And then sort of trying to move on because obviously they've gone through the other stages. They're just in the in the one before the acceptance. So how do you how would you do the acceptance? And that's the question. Um, here I'll tell you this much: I do know what would be the title of the second of the second book. It would be called hmm. "Start Me as Myself." Okay. And I and the thought behind the title "Starring Me as Myself" is. Yeah, that's the acceptance part because she finally begins to accept, okay, this happened. Now I can, like you said earlier, I can let it define me or I can get beyond this, you know? And yes. so I would have to figure out what that looks like in a book. Um, and, and I am playing with the idea. I really am. But it would be about her becoming a confident woman. I'll say this. There's, a, there's one part of the book where her, her teacher, she does something that ends up getting her in kind of a detention situation. Okay. And instead of keeping her in a classroom after school doing nothing, the principal decides he's going to set her up with a writing mentor, her, her English teacher, who is her favorite uh, teacher. Yeah. And the teacher introduces her to Dr. Maya Angelou. And she never really heard, yeah, she's never heard of anything other than the fact that this woman, she's like this old lady in that Tyler Perry movie. And she's like, oh my goodness, the teacher says, please tell me you know more about her than that. And then she introduces her to the book, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings, but she doesn't quite hand it over to her because she feels, well, with the subject matter, maybe I should pass it by your parents. Well, Kendra's like, well, I'm going to get that book anyway. So <laughs> she wants to know, because the second book that the teacher introduces to her is phenomenal woman okay. and she's like okay she wants to know how someone who wrote about being raped and and was um, abused could then years later call herself a phenomenal woman that intrigues yeah. her and so oh. you know it, it, she wants to figure out how do i become how do i get past yeah. this when i'm looking in the mirror at myself and i A phenomenal woman you know and right so, so you broke you broke up for a few seconds there i couldn't hear you so she said oh, how do i go how do i go to being a phenomenal woman you looking in the Hello? mirror at yourself and just hating yourself for what's hmm. happened to you how do you then go on to feel so confident and strong years later yeah, you know, to be able to think of yourself as phenomenal, and that's something that she just cannot wrap her mind around yet. But that's yeah. where I want her to go. That's where I see her going later on. You know, um, and so that's why there is more story there. Um, and someday, yeah. yeah. 
Okay, so is this basically what is going to happen in the second book? There's got to be something in there, yeah. That, that'll be like, it'll be a, a book that is more no. confident, but there's still, I also want to be real to show that there's still going to be challenges for her. And she's going to yes. have breakdowns sometimes because, you know, that's just life. Yeah. No, no, what, what I'm asking, sorry, what I'm asking is, you know the bit about, you know, Amaya Angelou, um, mm -hmm. did that happen in the second book or in the first book? This is in the first book, yeah. This is in the first ah, book. Ah, right. Yeah. Okay, cool. So what was her um, eureka moment from reading the book and from, you know, finding out more about Maya Angelou? So just the fact that this woman, she goes and she does research, and there's not a lot of the research that's done in this first book, so maybe that part could happen in the second book. She's introduced to Dr. Maya Angelou in that first book and makes arrangements to get these books, but then it's really not mentioned again later. So that right. probably could be a basis for the second book. Once she's actually learned about this woman, you know, mm -hmm. then, you know, she can become herself and become her own woman. And that's why it would be called starring me as myself, because now she's comfortable in her own skin at some point yeah. in the future, you know, and, and um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm still playing around with that. We'll see. You're, you're encouraging me to kind of think about what <laughs> I could do with the second book, you know? Yes, yeah. you need to get it, you know, because now, you know, let's say, you know, people listen to this and they think, oh, my God, I really need to go and get this book. You're going to be leaving them really disappointed if you don't have, if you don't start working on the, the second, second book. book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, they're going to say, you know what, this author is not even committed to writing her book. So why am I, why am I going to invest my time in reading it? No, seriously, I, I've read book where there was only one, one, you know, one title out of the series and I was like this is just really annoying you know and I was really annoyed with the author so please get right uh -huh. woman don't 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 get okay, people I, I will I'm, I'm saying it on google air right now I'm going to start drafting something for a second book okay yes I've said it I've committed I've got to do it now perfect good that's what we like yeah. to hear now because when people go to read it, they hear it, so they think, oh, wow, okay, this sounds amazing, this sounds really good. I want to see, you know, for me, I'm intrigued about her finding out about Maya Angelou, and, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, I want to see what her Eureka moment is, and then, you know, next time I'm hearing it, oh, I haven't even started writing the next book, and I'm like, well, what's the point then? Yeah, yeah. No, you're right, you're right. There are notes that I have for, like, I've sketched out random notes, and that's just all I've done. So, yeah, this kind of gives me something to think about. Oh, Okay. There you Thank go. You. There you go. Thank there you, you go. <laughs> I'll have to put you in my acknowledgments on the second book. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Would you like that? I'm giving you a bow now. A bow. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and like Will, I am sad, right? If you ever watched the episode of The Voice, he goes, I am blushing. You see, oh my I, goodness. Have to, I have to tell you I am blushing because obviously yeah. I've got dark skin, right? So it's not obvious. So I'm telling you now, I'm blushing. <laughs> oh my goodness, you're funny. You're funny. <laughs> well, even the little human sweat laughing and she doesn't know why, she, why we're laughing. <laughs> oh. Oh. But, no, no. Okay, so tell us about acceptance, coming to acceptance. Tell us something about that. Coming to terms, coming and accepting things that has happened. What do you have to say about that? Well, what one tip would you give to people? I feel it may take, it takes everyone, I think, their own time to come to accept something. I don't think that, 
like again, there's a, there's a character in the book, like I mentioned, who has had the same thing happen to her. It took mm. her some time to come to acceptance. It's going to take a different amount of time for Kendra, and she can't be faulted for however long it takes for her to come to acceptance, you know? Mm. So I think it's important for people to, you know, when dealing with someone who's had that uh, happen to them in their lives, don't try to push them. They'll get there when they get there. You can yeah. encourage them, but you can't fault them if they have starts and stops, and you can't fault them if they take forever to get there, and they're kind of yes. stuck in that moment. Yes. You know, it's sad that they're there and you can try to help them, but you can't force them out of it because I think you, they could almost relapse if if yes. things get too real. You know, I don't know. I don't think that's healthy. You know, mm -hmm. so you just can just do what you can to be there for them while they're working yes. towards that. Yeah. Okay. So basically it's them, you know, the, 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 the person, you know, that has to deal with it and try and come to terms with it by themselves. Yep. I think okay. I don't think anybody can force that on your or and you can't fake it because if you fake it, you I think you there's the it, there's a challenge you might relapse if you're just faking it. Yes. Um. And that's not healthy at all. So. Okay. No, that's that's fine. Um. Ooh. Ooh. Wait. Wait. Oh, I've got Felicia here with me. I was just looking and I was like, ooh, who's that? She's coming to the virtual cafe. Hi, Felicia. Oh, yeah, I see her. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. See, this is this is our um in the best interest of the child, you know, author. So and we've got um what's it called now? Kimichi. Yeah. Still, you need that was that just me being really sorry. Wait, what Hi, did you Kimichi. say? Hi, Felicia. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Good. Well, well oh, I was just saying that Kimichi sounds Japanese, or am I just chatting rubbish now? I think it, it, it is. Yeah. It's a, it's a pen name. So, yes, and it, it is Japanese. And I think someone told me, unfortunately, that it might have something to do with cabbage. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense, makes sense. You know, we've you know we've, how we've, I love cabbage. Exactly. We've established <laughs> that you do like, you know, cabbage. Oh, oh, Felicia. So I learned something new today, right? Um, Kimichi. So Felicia was the one who told me about the beer claw. So Felicia. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Kimichi, she then told me today about a Reuben sandwich, and she didn't even know what's one of the Reuben sandwich. Oh my God, I love Reuben sandwiches. My daughter oh, and I, my daughter and I will travel miles for a great Reuben sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't even know what was in it, Felicia. I didn't even know the meat that was in it. I just thought I like it, you know. And so she oh, asked me, like, oh, goodness. I don't know. <sighs> I love <laughs> Reuben sandwiches. There could have been snake meat swallows in you. Oh, ew. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> You're ruining it for me. <laughs> That's what I said. You eat something and you don't even know what you're eating, right? I mean, I don't know about you guys, right? I'm going to be snake. Hilarious. Because, okay, so wait, right? So there's this Facebook group that I'm in, right? So this lady, she says, you know, she puts a picture. She was like, where was it that she went to? I can't remember if it was Thailand or Japan. She went somewhere in Asia, right? And so, you know, she went there for work. And then so the people from work, they're like, oh, let's take you guys out, you know, for dinner, 
right? So instead of her to eat in her hotel, she thought, well, you know, work is taking me out for dinner, so I'll go there, right? And so when they're going there, she now sees these cages with the most massive snakes and the head. The head is as big as a, a, a kitten, right? Mm. That's how big. And she put the pictures there. And then they were like, these things that look like giant millipedes. Um, and so mm. she was now going through her ghost. Um, oh, so why are there snakes in cages? And I was like, oh, yes, because they're going to be part of dinner. Ew. Oh, ew. <laughs> ew. Oh, oh that's uh, gross. That's, well, I guess to someone else it's not gross. But to me, I just couldn't do it now. <laughs> I need to lay down in a quiet place now. Ew. (laughs) For the duration of her dinner, she was vegetarian. She had rice. Exactly. No sauce. That would be me. Definitely. Ew. I just couldn't do it. I'm not experimental. I don't like to experiment with with food. No, 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 no. Oh I God. have to know what I'm eating. Yeah, but you don't know what's in the Reuben sandwich. So that's basically I know. I know. A Reuben sandwich is corned beef and sauerkraut. Oh, okay. So she knows. I didn't know. <laughs> it's corned beef, corn beef, sauerkraut, Swiss cheese, and Thousand Island dressing. Oh, my goodness. See, you go. Kamichi didn't know. I don't even know that. I'm like, I don't know what the meat is, but I know I like it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know when you're laughing so much and then your face just feels so hot? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. My face is just hot. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> okay. Right. Let me just give me a second. Just okay. Go, go. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yes, okay. Yes, yeah, so basically that's it. So yes, um Felicia so Kamichi, she's the author of K Ken K my name is Kendra. And Correct. you know, it's see I've got you know, my baby brain isn't so bad. But don't tell anyone about this, you know, because I just I, I use baby brain and, and Felicia, she was the advocate. She said I could get away with it for at least twenty one years. So that's there what you I'm go. doing. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Felicia, you know, Kamichi was just finishing up um, telling me about her book, which in a way is sort of similar to yours, but we don't have a nice, you know, hunky guide to come and sweep us off our feet. Um, so let's see if I remember as well. So it's about 15-year-old Kendra who was um, abused by her uncle, um, but then that was not really the focus um, of the book. You know, she was feeling... Um, neglected you know that her parents didn't really have time for her because one of her her eldest sister or elder sister um Mm -hmm. went missing and so everybody was just really doing their own thing no one was acknowledging um what what had happened um and the little human she's feeling you know she's getting better from her fever by the way um but so so she's not very cooperative, you know, the last last few days. She's like, I want you to myself alone. I don't like sharing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she's been good so far, so I'm going to have to go um, go and get her a nice little snack soon to say, yay, good little human. But, yeah, so she's two years old, and she's like, sorry, Mom, I'm not going to be doing no more serving on the, on the virtual cafe. You can go and get your own drinks yourself. <laughs> I'll step over and get mine. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, um, so basically we were just rounding up. So tell us something though, Felicia, about, you know, um, acceptance. Because see, I was also saying to Kamichi, right, that she needed to get working with her second book because she's not even started on her second book yet, right? 
What? Sorry. Oh, no, no. What? I just looked your book up. 2010. Come on, Kamiji. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's not making people get invested in her because they're going to read it and think, oh, this is an amazing book. And then it's like six years later, nothing has been done. Like, come on, woman, seriously. Well, okay, I have so, a question. Is it is it available on an ebook? Because it says the paperback's not available. Okay, so here, like I was saying in the beginning, I I punked out and never published the book. <laughs> so here's the okay. history. I wrote this book back in 2009. In 2011, I entered it in the Amazon Breakthrough Novel Award competition, mm -hmm. and for weeks I just kept advancing in the competition, advancing, advancing. And once you get to the top 50, after thousands of you know people you beat out, that's when Publishers Weekly gives you a review. And that's mm -hmm. when I got a really good review on Publishers Weekly, from Publishers Weekly as part of the competition. And then that was the end of my journey with the book. I punked out completely, put it on the shelf, and did nothing with it. Here it is, 2016. I finally said, OK, I need to put this book out for real this time. And so it's coming out next month. I approved the cover. My um, reading copy is coming to me. And so in January, the actual book comes out for real for the first time with a brand new cover. We've got a completely different cover and everything. And so wonderful. Yeah. So I'm glad that I finally did this because I think it's an important book. I really am looking forward to this. I'm really, really excited about it. So um, we're yeah, excited for you too. I was still. Start on my new book, the the sequel. As Please I'm doing do. stuff to promote this one, I will start on the second one because now I'm excited about that too. So, thank you, Perfect. ladies. Wonderful. <laughs> okay. Felicia, do you know what she said as well? Because you know she said it on Google Air, so I'm just telling you now because it's there. And she said she's <laughs> going to give me a little acknowledgement in her book. I am. I am. <laughs> because she was. She gave me real love and real tough love and told me I better do it. So, I mean, I have to. And so I'm encouraged. So, you yeah, have to yeah, now, I have yes. To. I have to. So yeah. I've just got a big head right now, right? It's like, I'm not even sure how my head can go past, the, you know, past my doorway, but, you know, it's big. I'm excited. <laughs> But I, I'm totally excited for you as well. Um, okay, so Felicia, your book was meant to come out in January as well. How? Because I think I saw that you were moving the come out day publishing day for your second book yes uh, yeah i'm moving it back because i got so engrossed in nanowrimo last month i wasn't paying attention to my editing <laughs> so i i pushed it uh, book two back from the middle of january to the end of january beginning of february just so that i i don't want to rush it it's it's you know the book was done when I put the, the book one out, because I literally just took the manuscript and split it in half. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. But then I had, then I had because it was so long, it was just too long for a first book. So mm -hmm. then I just had to go back for book two and do some editing and do some add-ins for the story mm -hmm. as a standalone book on its own. Mm -hmm. Because even though it's a continuation of book one, if someone were to read book two, I didn't want them to be totally lost. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I had I had to put enough detail in book two for it to stand on its own. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Good. Cool. So tell us now, 
um, when, so what's the word I'm looking for now? How do we see acceptance? How does Olivia, and I always want to call her Olivia Pope, right? Seriously, you need to go and check out in the best interest of the chapter. She just reminds me of Olivia Pope, right? She's just, she's just like, you know, she's just there, right? She's very Olivia Pope-ish. Like when, when, when Felicia talks about her, Olivia Pope comes into my mind. So how does our Olivia Pope, you know, deal with her nice little hunk? And um, do we have a rump in the sack? And what else do I want to know? How does she come to terms with everything that's happened? You know, how does she go through the night, you know, the, the final stage of grief? It's going to involve forgiveness. And it's mm. not just forgiveness of those around her. Olivia's going to have to forgive herself. Right. And that's what's going to be one of the, the final scenes. It's the one thing she hasn't addressed. Because even though she played no part in what happened to her, she has been the catalyst for holding it inside. Right. She refused to, she refused to let it go. She wasn't allowed to grieve, you know, to, to get through the very first stage of mourning. And so she's held all this inside. And it's been her her personal waterloo for her entire life yes and if she felt if she let it go what would she have now she sees she has a chance to have a life but she has to let it go yes hmm. that's interesting so what's the title for your second book now called again it's in the best interest of the child family matters family matters Yes, that's it. Family Matters. And then yours, uh, Kamichi, is starring me. Starring me as myself. <laughs> me as myself. Yeah. I, I was there. I was there. I, thought I, was, I was halfway there. But you know what, ladies? It's been absolutely fantastic. And right now, I've been talking so much. I'm hungry. I need to go and get a snack. <laughs> I need to go and get a snack. Yeah. So, unfortunately, this is one of those times where I'm going to have to kick you out of my cafe. Sorry. Oh, okay. Kick us out. Kick us out. <laughs> Just put us out. But we had a good time. <laughs> yes, okay. Ladies, before, before I do you that. You have a good holiday. Thank you, thank you. Um, you know, it's like I'm, I'm hoping to have fun. Winter Wonderland is always amazing, so I'm hoping to go and do that. You know, Winter Wonderland in London is simply the best. There's oh. lots of food. You're walking about in the cold air. And there's just lots of street food, and it's just oh, amazing. So I'm looking forward to that this weekend. Um, but in the meantime, have... in the meantime, before I kick you out, can you guys let's say let's start with Kimichi because everyone knows Felicia. Kimichi, if people want us to get in touch with you, how do they do that? I am really directing people towards Goodreads.com right now. I decided that's where a lot of my, my blogging is going to be done there. So they can just look me up there. Connect with me there, please. Follow me. Become my friend there. And keep up with all of the writing that I'm going to be doing there. So please find me on goodreads.com. What's your name on Goodreads? It's Kamichi Jackson. Can you spell Kamichi, please? Just sure. sure. It's K-A-M <laughs> K like Mary, I-C-H-I, Kamichi. Okay, and then Jackson. Correct. So like, I think everyone knows how to spell Jackson. Okay, yeah. that's fine. But a random question, though. Why are you sending everybody to Greedries? Why do you not have an author website? I actually have one that's coming back up again. It'll be KamichiJackson.com. But I, my focus is going to be on getting um, K, my name is Kendra.com is coming up in two weeks. 
But right. I really want people to connect with me on Goodreads as much as possible because I, I'm going to have a very active community there. Okay. So, yeah, but yeah, so KamichiJackson.com and K, my name is Kendra. She's getting her own website.com. Mm-hmm. But I love, I, I want to really have a lot of activity on Goodreads. Oh, cool. Well, connect with me on Goodreads as well. I like having friends oh, cool. on Goodreads. Oh, good. I'll do yes. that. <laughs> yeah, so my name, my name's my name on, <laughs> on, on Goodreads. Um, okay, so how about you, Felicia? Yes. Not me. How do people, <laughs> yeah, how do people connect with you? FeliciaDenise.com or FeliciaDenise at FeliciaD as in David.com. And I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter, Miss Felicia. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Pinterest. I'm everywhere. You're, you're everywhere, woman. <laughs> <laughs> and I post almost everywhere daily. I, I am an early poster. So I'm usually up at 3 or 4 in the morning posting, and then I leave and go right, and I don't come back. <laughs> oh, wow. That sounds nice. like fun. But you're just everywhere. It's like, I mean, I'm only on one place that I'm quite active. Twitter the most, then Goodreads-ish. Um, but yeah, okay, fabulous. Well, ladies, I'm going to go and have something to eat. It's been an absolute pleasure having you guys on as always. Um, and I hope to see you guys soon. Oh, and something that I have exciting coming on in January. Well, this is a secret, but you know, because I like all of you. I'm just going to tell you my secret. Until next right? week, yes. <laughs> I have a lady coming on to the virtual cafe right she's she's booked his slot she wants to have a nice virtual drink with me and she's um started a reality tv show for authors for tea writers Ooh. tv something like that yeah wow I'm excited. reality tv for authors and apparently it's going to be almost like you know um, i don't know what to describe it as but let me see if i can go into my email and i will tell you what she said <laughs> Hmm, what's her name now? I'm just rubbish with names, but I know it's one of the people that <laughs> I can't remember people's names, right? But I just know if I go into thing and then my inbox is just filled with like a thousand and one people um <laughs> that I've written to and so I have no idea what it is. Wait, let me see. Hmm. You know the funny thing about that is just the other day I said, Why don't they have a reality TV show for authors? Because I feel like we have drama. <laughs> There are things that go on behind the scenes. Much too, drama. Know? So much you know? drama. <laughs> that is so interesting. Now you're saying someone's doing it. I think it's awesome. It is. So you have to, you know, if you not subscribed to the social, you better have to so that you get notified when it's going. I think it's going to be called 40 Day Writer, something like that. I've totally forgotten the lady's name now because I've just called Baby Brain. Um, <laughs> no, she's got, she's got a name. Um, so yeah, so that's 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 something that's going to come up, which I'm actually really really excited about. I would like to know what you know a reality TV star um, producer would do would do with uh, with authors. So yes, that's yeah. it. That's gonna be. You said that's in January. She's gonna come on the show. It is indeed. Yes. Absolutely. Wonderful. Good. Yes. So that's that's so that's something exciting for authors. Um, I think in my head, I almost have it like one of those um, dating one where like five women are competing for one man. So that's what I have. <laughs> so like, authors competing for a publishing deal. I mean, I don't oh, know what yeah. is about. I don't know what her plan is, but you know, in my head, just thinking about it, I'm just thinking, right, for the authors, you know, competing for for a publishing deal. I just think that would be amazing. Or yes, it would be it would. even better if she had like the equivalent of Gordon Ramsay. 
you know, because oh, I love me some Gordon Ramsay, but if it had to equivalent of Gordon Ramsay, and I don't know who would be that in the publishing world, you know, Gordon Ramsay equivalent, but yeah, she had someone like Gordon Ramsay, you know, and then he would be like, you are fine in the world. That, no, that's Alan Sugar. No, what is, is Gordon Ramsay? <laughs> so the, so the, um, if you write something bad, I guess the punishment would be that they shred it in front of you or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that would just be wicked. Uh, that would be wicked and painful, right? <laughs> I mean, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, like they want to go and start reading, and then he's like, and then yeah. someone wants you're supposed to use like your as in you are, and then you know you, you then go your, and you do that, and you then have to put you're like, oh my god, oh no. <laughs> so I have no idea what to expect. But that is what this lady is going to be doing. So it's quite oh, exciting times. And you head it here, so you have to make sure. Make sure you're subscribed so you get notified when it, it's live. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, ladies. Now, shoo, shoo, shoo. Kicking you out. Okay. Kicking you out. Bye. <laughs> Little human, you going to say bye. Thank Merry you. Christmas, ladies. Bye. <laughs> Merry Christmas and a happy new year. And speak to you in the new year soon. Definitely. Take care. Take care. Ladies. Okay, then. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye now.